0: to the zoo you set up a conference in the middle of this area where there was nothing but eights looking through the window and I thought that was so odd but yet it was so clever tell us why you did that
1: oh my gosh it was in the gorilla tree house at Mm. the Houston Zoo and it's right in the middle of the gorilla enclosure right? right so there are windows on either side And you interact with the gorillas, they're pretty scary at times, they're (laughs) funny, they're cute. So the reason I I love to do uh, workshops and trainings and events there is because when we get outside of our typical environment, uh, it changes the way we think and the way we see things. And listen, anytime you go to a zoo, Mm -hmm. you become a child again. (laughs) And there's a sense of joy and exhilaration and open-mindedness. And I think the best way for us to grow and learn and change is to be in a different environment and to be stimulated. So that that. That gorillas definitely do
0: that. You know, I didn't even realize it until, you know, when you're around people, there's some good things that can come to you. There's some bad things, but I got some good stuff that came from you. And I had some young people working up here with me one day. And I said, you know what? Let's just take a break and let's go to the zoo. I didn't even know where that idea came from. Then it came back to me. Wait a minute. Sandy, we all went to the zoo for this conference. And you are absolutely right. It was in a fun environment, it was a different environment, and was able to learn. Some things and also bring it back to the radio station. So I've implemented a lot of things that you have placed in this book, Roar. Now we have gone through a global pandemic. When we were talking about this book some years ago, when we were up here at the radio station, everything was totally different. Now normal is no longer normal. How do we navigate in this time, Sandy? Oh my
1: God, we're living in a crazy world. Yeah, And just when we think Oh good, we can exhale, everything's gonna be okay, something else a new storm comes up. Yeah. And you know it's so true when we were talking about resilience in 2015, 2016, it was an interesting idea. But now it's it listen, our resilience is being tested every day. Yeah. So it's now it's even more important for us to sort of deepen our roots and strengthen our core. You know, yesterday, my husband and I were out walking in the neighborhood. We live north of Austin here in Georgetown Mm -hmm. and we were just noticing the different trees and, you know, we've had freeze and snow and storms and wind and some of the trees have been blown over Mm -hmm. and some of them not didn't survive the cold and some of them are just robust and healthy and Mm. and they don't seem to be affected by what's going on around them Mm. and for me that's such a beautiful reminder of what it means to be resilient is no matter what's going on in your in your world doesn't matter what kind of storm freeze wind your roots are so deep in the ground you know, your your values, your philosophy, your faith, your sense of connection. Mm-hmm. And then you have this really strong core, you know, like big old trees you have the strong trunk. And that strong core comes from daily practice, yes. the daily rituals, the daily practices that we invest in, in building our muscles and cultivating that strength. And when we have deep roots in the strong core, It doesn't matter what's going on in the world,
0: Mm -hmm. you stand firm, right? Right. You know what I like about this is because today I was talking on the air this morning and I was talking about how Moses had to go up to the mountain and get instructions from God and he told the people to wait at the bottom and there were going to be uh, some people to give them instructions for their disputes if they had anything. But at this point, he needed to get quiet and get with God. Then I open up your book and it says, stillness brings answers. And this part says, we live in a long, a loud world. Noise overtakes our lives, draining us mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Renewal can be as simple as sitting in a silence for a few minutes. Stillness is a powerful way to build resilience. It allows us a pause to calibrate what matters most and realign with other core values and desires. Stillness is where great ideas are seeded. The busier people are, the more important it is for them to set aside, set aside time every day to sit still. Now, to business people and to entrepreneurs, that sounds like a crazy idea. But to me, that sounds like right. Hey, what page is that on? Uh, let me see. You wrote the book girl. <laughs> Uh, Page 106.
1: Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I mean, we're living in such a cluttered time. Our minds are so cluttered and busy and I mean, I don't know about you, the the sound of the chatter in my mind is Mm. like a noisy marketplace. Yeah. And in that environment, you can't find yourself. You can't find your source. So, one of the things I've been talking a lot about to leaders is quarantine your mind. Yes. You know, like, filter out... As much as you can, and sort of build a cocoon around your mind. Not like you want to be ignorant or don't mm-hmm. know what's going on in the world or irresponsible, but it's almost like we need to build a buffer between our mind and the world because the world is pickpocketing us every minute of the day, yes. trying to distract us, fragment us. You know, get us into fear, anxiety, uncertainty. And so now more than ever, it's like, you know, the the butterfly in the in the in the chrysalis, the moth that emerges into the butterfly. It needs to be protected and cocooned. Yeah. And I think that's where we find stillness, we find find peace and we find strength. It's so true, isn't it? How do you find stillness every day?
0: I personally like water and coloring books, and that is my place. And when the pandemic hit, it was, it was a, a hidden blessing for me because it caused me to be still. And I spent a lot of time gardening and being at home. And so it caused me to be still, but in that stillness, it was more creativity and more vision for the direction of where the radio station, because we were closed. I was the only one working here with the, another guest in Ben Hall, but we were basically shut off from everybody other than doing those shows. But it gave me clarity, and I believe that that, this part of this book where you said that every leader needs stillness. They need to be able to sit in the stillness, because if we don't, it will be fear-induced. If now we have to be in this rush to get this done, because everything is different, Sandy. So I'm trying to figure out how are we maneuvering now, because everything is different from before the pandemic.
1: Yeah. Think we're all, well, I know I am in that process of like recreating ourselves and our what I call our DMO, our daily method of operation. Mm. And a lot of leaders I'm speaking to, like you said, are overwhelmed, depleted, burned out, they can't make good decisions mm. because they don't have that peace and that clarity. And so what I'm saying to them is go sit on the top of the mountain, you know, wherever yeah. that is in your backyard, in your bathtub, in your shower, for sure, and access that peace and clarity. But the other thing that I noticed that's super interesting is for people who have not upgraded their daily habits, routines, mm. and rituals. There is a huge sense of overwhelm, of of fear, uncertainty, and anxiety. If you think about it, the world has evolved so dramatically in the last two, three, four, five years that if you haven't evolved how you operate, how you think, how you organize your day, how you do the things that you do, then the gap between where you are and where the world is is getting bigger and in that gap, it creates uncertainty, fear, lack of clarity, indecision, and all of those things. So what's up for us is really rethinking everything. What we do when we wake up in the morning, what we do when we go to bed at night, and what we do every minute in between,
0: Mm -hmm. right? Exactly, exactly. And then for those that are leading others, because, as you said, if everyone has not adapted themselves or switched their routine or built a better routine for themselves, and then you get around people, and you've done that, but you get around others who haven't done that, how do you say, hey, I need to keep my peace while I'm leading you at the same time? Because people will get impatient. What are we going to do? Where are we going? What are we gonna, And leaders have to be honest to say, listen, I have no clue. But I know we're going somewhere, but you harassing me at this point is not going to get us there any further. How do we learn how to manage people that are in a panic when we're not in a panic?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I say two things. One is incredible grace and compassion, mm. you know, with ourselves, with others. And I think we've really learned that through the pandemic, yeah. haven't we? Yes. We've we've opened our hearts more we've we've reached out and connected with other people and cared for them more Mm -hmm. so on one hand as leaders we're being invited urged encouraged egged on to be more compassionate and have more grace for people that's on one side of the pendulum Mm -hmm. and on the other side i think we Um, For me, it's kind of like being relentless with people and being really firm. And if you remember in the raw book, there's a whole section um, in the work that we did with the San Diego Zoo about creating rules of engagement. And this is a beautiful time for people who are leading or inspiring or motivating people who have a team to establish a new set of agreements, a new set of rules that says, okay, I know we're in a really challenging time and this is how we manage ourselves. This is how we communicate. These are the kinds of conversations we have amongst each other. Mm-hmm. And these are the kinds of conversations that we just don't tolerate. And until you set that bar, um, people will do what they do. Mm-hmm. But when you set the bar, people will rise up to it and they'll want to be, because people are hungry for a better way of, of going through their day. Right. And until you ask and expect that of them, maybe they'll just keep
0: wandering <laughs> the way they used to. You know what I mean? Okay, now here's a, here's a part of your book that I really want to talk about because I was going to have this conversation with somebody. Where it says, doing the right things without being told to do. Because, as we're working in organizations and we may see there are some things that need to be done, is it okay for somebody that's in that organization just to begin to do it without being asked to do it?
1: Wow, you know hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it like it goes back to the. Uh, around that conversation around our integrity mm-hmm. and the standards we hold ourselves to, and what I'm seeing a lot now in the workforce is that people are tired, and they are kind of worn out. I think our central nervous systems are a little are overloaded just okay. in general because we've been through, you know, trauma, 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 trauma. Yeah. So what I see is people just want to hang low. They want to fly below the radar. They don't want to stand up and take risk because they don't have the energy or the capacity to deal with what might come back at them. Mm. Um, So I think there's sort of a weariness and um, a sense of I don't trust my leaders enough to step up and speak out and take risk and know that there will be no repercussion. And that's that whole conversation around um, psychological safety in the workplace that I'm really big on. Mm. Because until people feel like they can speak up, share their crazy ideas, fail, make mistakes, step out and take risk without being punished, they won't. Right. Mm -hmm. So the big question today for leaders is how do you create a fearless organization? There's a great book by Amy Edmondson. She's She's a business professor at Harvard. And she has some incredible case studies and ideas about how do you create a fearless organization? And I think
0: that's big right now. So how do you do that, Jerry? How do I create? Because I say it. I I will honestly say, listen, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. I have chosen you because I know you have the potential and the ability to do that. And then I was just having this conversation just the other day. There was a need that I had. And I kept expressing the need, but the person did never say anything about that. They know how to do it. But yet they did it for themselves. And I said, well, you want a lot. And if you're able to do something, because when I was, you know, younger and working and getting into places, I got my foot in the door offering my skills and my time and my talent. Wherever I saw that there was an open space, that it was necessary and needed, I brought it to the table and it was appreciated. And then it gave me advancements in more areas. And so I'm not really seeing that forward move with many people, even if it is in an environment where they say your gifts and your talents are more than welcome here. Because then in this era, more people are afraid. I don't want to be used. I don't want to do more than what I've been hired to do.
1: Yeah, and they're tired. I mean, I think people have been worn out by the environment. And so I think the capacity and the energy level is lower. And I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning, I kind of like got to give myself a little talking to. (laughs) Like, okay, you know, get up, show up, speak up. You know, give, share, create goodness in the world, because there's a part of me that just thinks I want to play small, I want to shrink. Hey, I have this great story Mm -hmm. that I want to share. Have you um, remember those sort of Russian nesting dolls? And, And so it's like a little wooden... Um, eggshell with a painting of like a matryoshka Russian doll, and yes. then you open that big one, and inside of that there's a smaller one, and then you open that one, yes. and there's a smaller one. Right, right, right. So I think we're in a time in the world and in the workplace where we're kind of shrinking ourselves, and we're being the little matryoshka doll right in the middle, and. What you're saying is we need to be stretching and contributing and adding value and taking risk and speaking up and showing up. But I think what's happened in the environment, in the world and in our consciousness is we have kind of shrink ourselves because we want to, when we're small, we can protect ourselves better from the, from the environment. And I think we're also tired and weary. So a lot of the women I'm speaking to in leadership, I'm saying, don't be the little matriska doll, the teeny, teeny, teeny little doll in the middle, middle, middle of the nesting dolls. You've got to keep expanding and stretching yourself to be the big. Mitrish the all you are, fulfill your potential because the world needs that of right. us
0: now, doesn't it? Right. And the organizations, and I understand what you said about people being tired and, and of that nature, because when you have a visionary or someone that you're depending on to run with the vision, they also need somebody to help them run with the vision, also need someone that's, hey, they're that cheerleader because... I do see from both sides, but there, there's the tiredness. But how do we get past the tiredness? Because I feel just what you said this morning. I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to go. And I'm like, it's raining. It's cold outside. And I know when I first started, it was just on fire. I couldn't wait to get to the station. I couldn't wait. But this has been two years, as you said, of working in a different environment in a pandemic with stuff having to be a totally different way. And so, even for the visionary, they have to have people that they can connect with that can say, listen, we're in this thing together, and we're going to make it come to pass, or else it's not going to survive. A person can do it by themselves, but do they want to continue to do that by themselves?
1: You know what that reminds me of? What's that? I, I don't know if this is true for you and everybody who's listening, but I need creative inspiration and stimulation yeah. And working in my beautiful little home office here in my nice house in my nice neighborhood is great, but I I'm not getting enough input and stimulation. Mm. So you know what I'm doing? I decided this huge. I blocked out two weeks on my calendar. I'm heading off to San Miguel de Allende in Mexico, Mexico, by myself for two weeks in search of creative inspiration to regenerate, rebalance, and replenish myself. Because I feel like at the core of my soul, I just can't access the great ideas. The big dreams and goals seem like too far away for me and out of reach. And so Mm -hmm. it's almost like I need to rejuvenate, regenerate myself so I can come back
0: And be who I need to be to serve this world. Well, see, now there you have it. Because you're the author of this great book, Soar, who has inspired me to do a lot of things that I wasn't doing before since meeting you. And now you're saying even the author, the visionary of a book that is a bestseller, that is motivating and inspiring other people to work their vision and work their companies, is saying I, too, have some times where I need to get away and recharge. And so I think that most people don't understand that visionaries, leaders, authors, and people that are motivators need motivating themselves to continue on.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I can't generate that on my own every day. Yeah. You know, maybe one, two days a week, occasionally here or there. But we need to be out in the world. We need to be with people. We need to be going to the theater a couple of weeks ago, my husband and I drove from Austin to Houston, just go to the symphony.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because we felt like, oh, my gosh, we need we need simulation. And, you know, when you're sitting in a, in a big hall and listening to beautiful music, or you're seeing beautiful art, or you're having stimulating conversation with people, um, your creativity and your inspiration and your energy is re-sparked and being isolated during the pandemic and wearing masks and being afraid and not going out and sort of cocooning ourselves has taken away a lot of that inspiration, I think.
0: Well, I think it's also caused us to be a little bit more discerning because I have said it that I'm very different now about my time and who I spend it with because it has to matter and as you said that as you're building a business or branding a business, restarting a business you have to get other people that are motivated because it's going to be hard for you to be the only motivation you have to get other people that are inspired and that's what I'm doing purposely I say I'm intentionally connecting that's why I'm reconnecting with you I'm intentionally connecting with others that I know have that spark or that have you know done successful things, we have to be intentional about it. Because back in the day, you kind of could let people in your life randomly. But because everybody has been through trauma, as you say it, you can't be so random about your business or your life.
1: Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I'm finding being very intentional about how to use my time and energy, even in my work, mm-hmm. really shifting what I do every day. Just to invest in people and ideas and projects Mm -hmm. that are really, really important to me. So most of the work I'm doing now is is women in leadership and working with women and leaders to go from stressed out to balanced, happy, healthy, and fulfilled. And, And part of that comes from exactly what you said, is sitting in that quiet place and asking yourself, what do I really care about? Right. Who do I want to be interacting with every day? How do I want to be serving? What's going to be going to give me the greatest amount of joy and fulfillment? Because otherwise it's just not worthwhile anymore. Right. So I'm sure everybody who's listening and I'm sure you, Jerry, there are things in your life and your work where you just said, no, this doesn't matter to me anymore. It's not good use of my time and energy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, I've turned down some things. Because it no longer, you know, appeals to me at this time. Even when we're looking at, you know, the economy and the way the world is going, the gas prices will affect some of the, you know, I'm not just wasting time to be wasting time because I'm not wasting gas just to be wasting gas. And so I think it also helped a little bit in in down, you know, trimlining some of the things that are no longer of interest or productive to what I'm doing or where I'm going. And I think a lot of people, that's why we get the great resignation. People that are leaving their jobs are learning that, is this even worth it?
1: Yeah, so true. Uh, this new next door neighbor, she's a young woman, probably in her 30s, just two little kiddos. I said to her the other day, how are you doing? She said, oh, I just quit my job. I said, what? She said, you know, it just wasn't worth the stress and the, the toll that it was taking on me, having to choose between... An important business meeting, and going home and taking care of my sick child, or um, you know, completing an important project, or having time with my family. And she, you know, she was like a big businesswoman. She was super successful, and she just said, "You know what? I'm, i I'm, I'm opting out. It's just not worth it. I'd rather trim back my lifestyle and have peace of mind." then go 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 do 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 have a successful career and i think that's a conversation that more and more people are having these days yeah
0: well you had it in this book and this book is a a a few years old you said taking responsibility for your wake and i like that because there's something that awakens in us that there's more to this than what we're doing and what i said about attorney ben hall the owner of this radio station what i love about him I'm the visionary, and he's the provisionary. He says, hey, whatever you see to do, do it. And I'm like, that works well for me. And as I said with him, I said, even with radio, radio has changed so much that this building is more than radio. The whole focus of what we do here has changed. That it's not about just doing radio shows here, but it's about how can we better serve the community? How can we make an impact in a young single mother's life? How can we make an impact in a man coming out of prison? And so I'm grateful... To have a partner who thinks like that as well and says, let's make it happen because you have to be responsible for your weight. Because what I love about this, at some point, your consciousness is going to say, what is the point of what you're doing and how does it better serve humanity?
1: Yeah, so true. I mean, um, you, you're you in the work of ministry We all are. We think we're just showing up every day and doing a job, but we're not. Every word, every conversation, every decision, every action has a ripple effect. Mm. You know, there is nothing that we say or do that doesn't have an effect on on people around us and, and people in the world. And we think, oh, we're just doing what we're doing. No. Every Every idea, every thought, every word has this incredible force and power and is rippling out into the world. And we have to be, like you said, really responsible for that. Yes. That's the wake, you know. And are people in the wake feeling inspired and uplifted and encouraged and fulfilling their potential? Or are they feeling depleted and tired and unfulfilled at the end of the day?
0: mm. So what do you say to people that are in a, that are leadership, that are running corporations, and they're seeing people quit, they're losing their jobs, they're walking away, they no longer want to be a part of the system? What do you say to them? Because oh I'm sure that's hard for people that have businesses and they're losing people.
1: Yeah. I've been doing a lot of keynotes for leaders around, and I'm calling it the, the great reinvention, <laughs> you mm. know, the great attraction, because... As leaders, we're being, I'm going to say, forced Mm. to really think about how we create a sense of belonging and purpose. And, you know, that's what was amazing at the San Diego Zoo. I think Mm. that was like the trim tab that turned everything around in terms of revenue and customer satisfaction and impact in the world, is when you create this compelling, massive, transformative purpose that has people get in every cell of their body, not just their head, but their heart and in their soul, what, what they're doing, what they're doing is so important. And the effect that it has, then people will show up. doesn't matter what's going on around them or in the world. And I think we're, we want that purpose and so when you have purpose and this real sense of connectedness and belonging and love and caring, compassion, yes, I, would, I use the word love
0: in conjunction
1: <laughs> with the word please, <laughs> then people want to be there. And if if people's needs are not being met, they're going to leave. Right. And I think um, you know companies are really going to be challenged moving forward if they don't do that.
0: You talk about realigning conditions, what does that mean in the book?
1: So we live in a world of conditions, right? Mm. I mean, you're sitting at your desk, you know, the condition of your chair, the condition of your workspace, the, the noise that's around you, the quality of the air, the quality of the lighting, the people that you interact with, all those are conditions. And some of those conditions support you, And strengthen you and help you be great Mm -hmm. and some of them don't some of them drain you and fragment you and distract you so when you want to show up and be your best or you want people on your team to show up and be their best you have to align all of the conditions and make them supportive so that people can be the best that they can be and something sometimes it's just as simple as a like a better work chair or better lighting <laughs> yeah. or a plant or fresh air. But every little thing in our environment is having an impact on us, whether we're aware of it or not. And um, Especially now, we need conditions and environments that nourish us and mm-hmm. nurture us.
0: Mm. And those are not words you often hear in the workplace. Well, it's time. <laughs> and I do believe that because you you said it so well. We've been traumatized. The world has actually gone through so much trauma within the last two years of so yeah. much that is happening. And even what we see that is happening now with the war in Russia and Ukraine. It yeah. is so much to digest and to take in that. And when you said most, there are a lot of people who are working remote. They're at home and they're having to see this on a daily basis. They don't have the interaction. So now it's time to change the narrative, as you said, and let love be a word that is used in the workplace.
1: It's about time, Cherry.
0: Yeah. That's what I loved about having you here along with uh, April Day. You guys, you spoke on things of that nature. And like I said, we laughed. We've had a good time. And I enjoyed you guys because what you do is serve purpose. And I believe that if we just are determined to serve purpose, everything else falls into place. I believe you will have a successful organization if it's flowing in purpose and not just about the bottom dollar yeah
1: absolutely so how do you tell me i mean
0: corporations that are making that kind of money you know that it's not about the bottom dollar because i think a lot of that has driven people away like you guys can care less about what we're going through
1: yeah and i think it will continue to do that and look i mean it takes real consciousness It takes, like you said, somebody like you who's conscious and aware and attuned to realize that you need to rethink how you run your organization. You know, that the way in which we led and managed businesses one year, two years, three years, five, ten years ago is bankrupt. And now we're seeing the consequences of that. People are saying, I don't want to come to work. Or if I'm going to work, i have got to do it on my terms. And I'm not going to give you everything I could possibly give you. And so the challenge is on. And it's an awesome, exciting, exhilarating (laughs) challenge for leaders. Like, okay, you thought you were good? You thought you had it all packaged and bottled? Now think again.
0: (laughs) Well, do you believe that this trip, and another thing that happened... Uh, since you've been here, you've gotten married, so congratulations for that. Because you weren't married when you were here, and oh so congratulations God. to this. Now you're telling this new husband, I'm getting away from you for two weeks, and yeah. going. Where are you going? So we would let somebody know. Where Mexico, you're going. Mexico. You
1: follow me on Instagram, and um, my Instagram handle is Whole Woman's Way. Yeah, I'm going on my whole woman journey, find my true self integrate all parts of me in the world, find what really fulfills me and bring that into my life every day. And my husband's amazing.
0: He thinks this is a great idea. So there's no fear. Let let me speak to uh, Cynthia. Dr. Cynthia J. Hickman just joined us. And she's uh, she deals with people that do caregiving. So she understands what you're talking about, being caregiver to yourself at this point at this time. And we have Maximilia Jacob. This on facebook now that's listening to us in germany and i said jokingly today i did not know today was international women's day i know that this is women's history month and i was going to have you on but i now i said out her on she's from where well, you're from africa <laughs> right you're from africa uh sorry, yeah sandy from africa and we have people that are tuned in i saw something you posted you shared a post that i posted you said this woman is a blessing to the world and it really touched me because in the midst of this pandemic In the midst of all the bad that went on, it has opened up doors for us in other countries and other places. So we have to look at the positive things that have happened in the midst of even this pandemic, even when people are leaving the workplace. People are now realizing that they deserve a break. And you just now realize that you deserve a break as a leader, as a speaker. You know that you need this time alone. What do you feel this time going off to yourself alone for two weeks? is going to do for you and your organization. I'm
1: so happy. So uh, one of the things I'm passionate about is this idea of, as women, how do we stay whole, Mm W-H-O-L-E, in a world that demands so much of us, has so many expectations, demands, pressures, different priorities. Mm I think women are shouldering a lot in this world. And so... For me, the big question is, how do I stay true to myself? How do I stay balanced and focused and go to sleep at the end of the night feeling really fulfilled inside of myself? And I know that I have to take responsibility for that. I can't depend on my husband or my friends or my mm. my clients or customers to do that for me. And so going away is my way of saying, You give, you give, you give. You want to be a force in the world like you, right? You want to create this incredible impact and share tons of light. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, I have to acknowledge to myself that I need time to renew and regenerate myself. And not just like once every two years on a quick little vacation here or there. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I've been saying to leaders, especially women, is you need renewal recharge time several times a week hard scheduled non-negotiable on your calendar because it's those little deposits every day or every couple of days five minutes here 15 minutes there a walk a bath a conversation with a good friend that fill us up and I think we expect so we expect That we can just keep going and going and going and doing and doing and doing and and being a source and being the lighthouse and the inspiration Mm -hmm. to our family, our friends, the people who work with people in the world. And we forget that we need to fill up. You know, I say to people, it's so funny. I don't know if you ever had this experience, Jerry, Mm -hmm. where you're too busy to stop and fill up with gas.
0: Oh, I have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now that it's this high. I probably will forget. <laughs> exactly. It's like how
1: how many more miles can I go on empty? We do
0: that
1: all the time. That is
0: so true. You know, as you speak, I was speaking to a uh, gospel recording artists, a well known artist who called me yesterday and left a message. And i am gonna be honest, I had not been one to talk on the phone. After this pandemic, for some reason, something about this phone talking is just a lot for me at this point. I'm just trying to get it all together. But I went ahead and took the call and I talked to her. And she began to share with me that she's been depressed and that she's been going through a lot of this and a lot of that. And I'm like, really? But when you look at the social media presence, you see nothing but joy. You see nothing but booked and busy. And all over the world doing what you do, your gift. But yet you're saying I'm actually depressed and I haven't been happy in a long time. Do you believe that's a lot of women at this point that are it's doing epidemic. the work but still unhappy?
1: Yeah, and I think it's sort of become the norm. Mm. I, mean, I know so many people myself I've had like depression and like just not feeling good and it takes a lot of courage to share that with other people because we live in that world of so mm. much demand and expectation. I've been doing this podcast, Whole Woman's Way, and one of the women I interviewed was amazing. She said, um, you know, as a woman, she's a professional woman, she feels like she has to be Pinterest perfect. You know Pinterest, the yeah. the, the app where everybody posts their pictures of their beautiful throw pillows on their sofa in the perfect position, you know? Yeah. And we live in a world where we think we have to be Pinterest perfect and we're not allowed to show our flaws and failures. And our flaws and failures are our greatest source of strength. Mm-hmm. You, you, did I ever share with you the story of um, that ancient Japanese art form called Kintsugi? Are you aware of it? No. It's K-I-N-T-S. Ugi, It's this ancient um, Japanese art form where they take broken ceramics and they fold them with precious gold and silver metals to bring them back to wholeness. Um, and the theory is that the cracks, the flaws make you more valuable and that the restored work of art <clears throat> with those cracks and flaws and failures is more beautiful than the original. Mm. And for me, that's such a beautiful concept for being a human being in this world, for being a woman in this world, to have the courage to say, I have flaws, failures, I'm not doing so well, I'm depressed, I'm out of fuel, I've got to you know, run to Mexico and renew and restore myself. Because it's in the acknowledgement of our imperfection mm. that we become stronger, wiser,
0: more valuable. Whew, I love that. And so therefore, that causes us to roar. Because even in our anger, exactly. or in our frustration, that roar is a sign that something is wrong on the inside and we have to address it. So we can be better leaders and providers and whatever else we're doing in the workplace and for the world, but also for ourselves, and it's okay, because it took me a long time to understand. It's okay to take care of you as a care as I was taking care of my mom for so many years. It was hard for me to see about taking care of me, and then now it has been taking care of me. It's taking care of others when you take care of you, really. Yeah. Because now you're not biting at people and barking. Now you can think clearly because you know what? While you were talking, and you're gonna, you and I are gonna talk soon. When you get back from your trip, after you get all, you know, deep and get all all your vision. (laughs) But um, I see a women's network here of doing this kind of talk. When you talked about your podcast, I see doing something here for that, and having your podcast be a part of what we're doing here. To speak to women, Dr. Hickman as well, to speak to women to help them know it's okay to be a caregiver. It's okay to help you. And I think we don't get enough of that, and also not just giving them, Something that's at the top of our head, but also something we've lived, experienced, and been through. And the fact that you're getting ready to take this trip for two weeks by yourself, you can come back and tell us what it did for your mind and your soul and your creativity. Mm -hmm. Because so many people, if if I lose my creativity, I will be broke. Because creativity is the provider. And I believe that's why the enemy loves to fight us and our creativity. And try to clog us up with so many other things that if you can't create you really can't, you know, provide for yourself if that's what you use. And yeah. all of us are creative.
1: Yeah, I, I think our creativity is like our source. And so you are a C E. It's our foundational inspiration and light force, God force that mm. comes through us and without it we become tired and cranky and disengaged and disconnected and Got to keep
0: that flow going. Yeah. You know. Wow. I tell you what, Sandy, I have got another show coming up, but this has been enlightening. I think we've uh, we did therapy for each other on today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> this this <laughs> one for you guys. We needed to talk. Okay. Oh yeah, we need to talk. More. That because yes, because that's again that's why I say I'm intentionally connecting with that same energy, with that energy because if you're going to continue to do anything great. You are going to have to stay motivated, encouraged, the vision before you. And when I saw this book, this is some time that you spent to write this book. And so for me to reread it again, I wanted you to know, lady, you have been a blessing and a help to me, wow. even in times that you didn't know, even in times when I didn't remember, what did I get that from? Why did I want to take them to the zoo? And then I had to remember, oh, that's what she did. She took us to the zoo and I got so much out of that. You know, and it was so, so creative idea. And we need more of that. We need more people who are bold enough to say, let's get out of the office. Let's go sit in the middle of the zoo and let these gorillas look at us. Because I found out they're very intelligent.
1: Oh, my God. They're fascinating. Oh, my God. We have a lot to learn from them.
0: We really do because they were really listening to you, like they understood everything you were saying. I'm like, look at that old gorilla; he looking like, yeah, you said that, sister. So we need to do more creative things such as that because I think that's going to be the spark that we need to get this, get us back together, and get us yeah. and see some things happening for real,
1: and get us back
0: roaring. Yeah, you know, my roar sometimes has become a little whisper. I have to get my roar back. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, that was an honest thing to say, and I want to say that too. Sometimes your roar can become a little whisper, and right. most people won't see that, and most people won't say that, but the authentic will say, hey, even though I'm a leader, even though I'm a best-selling author, even though I'm a TEDx speaker, my roar has gotten a little whisper, and now I'm going to get my roar back, and then I can come back and help some other ladies roar. Are we going to do that? Exactly for sure love it jerry you're amazing you're amazing you're a force
1: what and thank you so much for having me back i loved this conversation
0: you just blessed me calling me a force my mother used to say that all the time she said you are a force you remember that so that just touched my heart i felt like that was a god wing from heaven from my mom so thank you for saying that listen this book is it still available can they still get this book
1: yeah, you know what I'm gonna do. Um, I want to give people a link to get a free copy of the ebook. So, I mean, how do I do that? You give it, it to I me. Can I send you a link? Yeah, you can, can you send can me a link, and I'll share
0: it on my po- on my page.
1: Yeah, do that so people can just download it,
0: use it, read it, share it. Let it be a blessing. Wow, that's a blessing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sandy Ash. We are going to be praying for you as you. When are you leaving again?
1: uh next week monday
0: (laughs) monday okay so you touch brow you you know kiss husband and relax and when you get back (laughs) you know do what you got to do and then you come back to us and tell us we're going to have you back on the show so you can tell us what you learned from that trip and what we can learn by going ourselves
1: amazing thank you jerry
0: thank you so much see ya. see you god bless okay bye Woo, y'all if you're just not getting on please listen to the replay Ah, awesome, awesome. She's a force to be reckoned with. I love her, I love her. Sandy Ass. So, when she sends me the link, I'm going to give it to you all so you can read her book. Powerful, Powerful Woman. Alright? And don't forget, it'll also be on uh, Spotify in just a moment. So, talk to you guys soon. Don't forget, more Rutledge perspective. Cynthia and Jay Hickman is coming up next. So, you guys be blessed.